The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Beloved, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This day in word and sacrament, we worship and especially we welcome Andrew Parrott, our guest conductor this morning. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I were you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam's son of Beor answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I become before the Lord, and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of soil? Shall I give my firstborn from my transgression, the fruit of my body, or the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join me in praying responsively Psalm 15 with the antiphon. in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill, those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with the tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of the Gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying,
The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. to hear something beautiful, to see someone good, to receive some true word. 250 years ago, Mr. John Wesley taught his poor bands of Methodists to exercise with effectiveness the use of means of grace in fasting, and in scripture, and in conversation, and in sacrament, and in prayer. By precept and example, he taught the importance of fasting. Today we would say exercise. You are engaged in the discipline of the body, some in jogging, and some in walking, and some today going to the commons for skating. Yesterday, several dozen gathered right in this chancel to practice in song, and yesterday several dozen gathered downstairs for the discipline of the blueprint of life. Whatever our pattern, this winter, let us find grace in, we'll use our word, exercise, a means of grace. We have heard the voice of the prophet Micah and the resounding choral recitation of the Beatitudes this morning. What a shame it would be not to learn in friendship to love the scripture. What a loss it would be if in a college career one did not read Plato, yes, and Shakespeare, yes, but also the words of scripture. The icy voice of Micah ben Imla rolls down 3,000 years later, it's a great icy high peak from which he speaks in Micah 6, 8, not unlike the other great ice-covered mountaintops of Holy Scripture like Deuteronomy 6 and 5 linked to Leviticus 19 and 18. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Or Jonah, chapter 4, verse 2, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Or Amos, chapter 5, verse 24, let justice roll down as waters and righteousness as an ever-flowing stream. And alongside them, these craggy mountaintops, Micah ben Imla, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God? These are not particularly religious words. They, they benefit a religious sensibility. They encourage a religious discipline. They support a religious community, but they're not particularly religious. They depend on no creed save the creed that every human asserts. They rely on no cult save the culture that the human being at her best exhibits. They are founded on no particular history save the history of oikumene, the whole inhabited earth. And they rest on no particular esoteric individual experience save that experience known to the whole human race. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God? This winter, let us find grace in the study of Scripture. Not too very long from now, we will go downstairs and enjoy a meal together. You can sense the preparation for the repast. You can even sense its development. We're ready to be together. On Communion Sunday, as we prepare the sacrament, we greet one another with peace. And following the postlude, we pause to 
learn one another's names. Now friends, a personal word, as a community, we need to forgive ourselves a little bit when I see you and I know your background and I know your title and I know something about your family but I just forgot your name. And we need to allow each other to say to one another, tell me again because according to Mr. Wesley and the practice of our tradition, conversation, human conversation, faithful Christian conversation, when it is from heart to heart, from soul to soul, is a very means of grace. We forget fairly quickly that across this globe we are much alike, much more human than anything else. We survive the birth canal and so enter life carrying a survivor's guilt, all six billion of us. Daily we need two things, bread and a name. One does not live by bread alone, all six billion of us. Over time we age and we separate and we develop our own second identity, our own most self, all six billion of us. At our best, we love our homes, we love our families, we love our children and grandchildren, all six billion of us. We get a little bit older year by year, and after the age of 40, as my friend says, it's maintenance, 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 all six billion of us. We all shuffle off this mortal coil en route to that undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns. All six billion of us. In heartfelt, second level, earnest conversation, we discover the means of grace that opens to us God's freedom and love and faithfulness. Let us find this winter grace in conversation. Soon we come to the Lord's table. Two sacraments there are, that of baptism and Eucharist, of belonging and of meaning, and five sacramental rites similar and connected, confirmation, marriage, ordination, forgiveness, and especially memorial, the conclusion, the ultimate moment in life. The table is open to all those listening by radio or internet where we can provide communion in the home to our capacity, we will do so if you will connect with the chapel office. We receive bread and cup, but we also receive in these other sacramental moments the gift of God's grace. Last Saturday, some 600 of us gathered in this chancel and downstairs to celebrate the life and faithfulness of Dr. Kenneth C. Edelin, a son of Boston University, a physician, Listen to the words evoked in memory that day. The governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. These are meditations on Micah 6.8. Said he, justice is what love looks like, visible in life. Our pastor for the day, she saying, love without truth is sentimentality. Truth without love is brutality. A young man standing and calling on those like himself who had been invited into the Ministry of Medicine through the work of the deceased had some 35 in the balcony stand and they took off their coats to show their white gowns. Half the balcony full and there. Words of reflection and of commendation from the President Barack Obama, from Gloria Steinem, a voice from the, the Secretary for Homeland Security, the nephew of the deceased, and especially from across the river, a dean at Harvard saying of him, he taught us the seamlessness between doctor and patient. Well, the seamlessness between pastor and parishioner, the seamlessness between doctor and patient, well, the seamlessness between minister and congregation. His closest friend had also been the physician for Arthur Ashe. This month, if you haven't read or read recently Ashe's memoir, Days of Grace, 
That's the book for February 2014. We invited the congregation, those who were so taught in childhood and knew it by heart, to recite together the 23rd Psalm. And following the service, we were greeted by one of our heroines of many years, Charlene Hunter-Galt, a journalist. She said to us, I want to tell you why it was so meaningful that you gathered us for the 23rd Psalm. And then she reminded us she had been the first person of color to matriculate at the University of Georgia at age 18, the daughter uh, and granddaughter of Baptist ministers and preachers. The third night, she was there after a sporting event where things had gone the wrong way. A crowd gathered outside her dorm. Things were thrown and things were said. Two, four, six, eight, we don't want to integrate. The administration suggested she might want to withdraw for her own safety, but she stayed, and as she said, you'll like this. I turned off the lights, I closed the door, I laid down for the evening, and I, as I had been taught, I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Beloved, this winter, let us find grace in the sacrament and the sacramental rites, means of grace wherein we are given the blessing of God. We are gathered in prayer, a prayerful spirit embodied in a, a moment of majesty and mystery in the utterance, the singing of the gospel today. We are seeking God's blessing and praying God's blessing for one another. And we remember the good news. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for justice' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the trail and following the lead of Mr. Wesley this winter, let us find grace in exercise and in study and in conversation and in sacrament and in prayer. Amen.
Please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you again to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and hope you will take a moment to help us to get to know you better so that we can help you get to know each other better by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. We direct your attention to the community life announcements that appear in the bulletin for this week. Uh, a few highlights, um, on Wednesday, February 5th at 7 p.m., we invite you to the final event of the Outlook Lecture Series, a panel discussion entitled Navigating the Intersection in CAS Room 522. Uh, for more information, please see Chapel Associate Liz Douglas or Ministry Associate Kristen Redford. On Friday, February 7th at 6.30, um, right here in the nave of Marsh Chapel will be a global hymn sing Please contact Reverend Brittany Longsdorf for more information on that. Uh, because it is a communion Sunday, there is no children's ministry uh, today after chapel. We encourage all children to stay in the chapel and continue worshiping with their families. Um, we remind you that grape juice will be served on the lectern side and wine on the pulpit side. Healing stations are also available for those who feel moved to a prayer of healing in your life. Um, and those stations will be available during the service until all who need prayers are seen. For all other upcoming services and activities, we would encourage you to keep an eye out on the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu chapel, where you may also find the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ love, uh, loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
For the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Beloved Christ, our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Let us pause to exchange signs of Christ's peace one with the other. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people he healed the sick fed the hungry and ate with sinners by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forevermore.